Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Robert Ray Schaefer or Bobby Ray Schaefer, whatever uh, whatever he prefers, but uh, you know his work. He's a wonderful actor and uh, does so much out there. And he's been at it for a long time for a young guy. A lot of people know him from The Office. And they'll never forget his uh, memorable work on so many different things. Robert Ray Schaefer, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, that's quite an introduction. I'm humbled. Well, listen, you, you've you've earned it. You know, you've uh, uh, you, you've done quite a bit of work over these years, and uh, and you keep getting work. I mean, so uh, you know, something's happening. And and you did a lot of one-offs. You did a lot of one-offs on some popular shows starting out. Uh, but before we get into all of that, maybe we can do a little bit of your history. I, I think you started out in West Virginia. Is that right? I am a proud West Virginian. Yes, my family has lived there uh, since the 1700s, 1765, in fact. Wow, no kidding. Oh, so you got some you got some history going way back there. Uh, uh, what, way what did, back. Yeah, yeah. What What is the history there? What uh, What did you folks? When did they first get over here, and how did they get to West Virginia? Well, it was, as you know, uh, at that time it was Virginia, and uh, my father's family immigrated from uh, Germany, and my mother's family uh, were Scott-Irish immigrants, and uh, so they went into the wilderness and uh, carved out a life there, and so I've always had just a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, for those family roots. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, you must have uh, even some war, uh, American war history there. I don't know, any revolutionary folks or any Civil War veterans there? Civil War, yes. Uh, but my family, uh, I believe there was some participation in the revolutionary fight as well. Uh, that's as, as far back as we've been able to go with the uh, genealogy. But my great-great-grandfather, John Schaefer, uh, was a private in the uh, for the Union Army. His father also was serving in the Union Army. He was he was wounded in a battle at Salem, Virginia, and uh, so we're proud uh, proud Union members. Yeah, well, that's terrific, especially for that part of Virginia. I mean, there's not a lot of a uh, lot of people that could say that. That's it is something to be proud of. Uh, well, listen, getting getting a little more modern, I should say, uh, as a young kid. Uh, first time you recognized an actor or or some uh, some film or TV show that uh, that made you think, hey, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Well, no, I never had any uh, thoughts about being an actor when I was young at all. I, I remember being uh, moved by uh, the last picture show. And that was the first time I really noticed actors at work. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Timothy Bottoms in that picture. I think it was probably about 15 or 16 years old. So it was a real uh, dream come true when I was able to play Timothy Bottoms' brother later on in a movie. And because I respected his work so much, uh, you know, for me at that time, it was a, it was a, uh, a step up. You know, you always want to work with people who challenge you. And I, I was challenged by being on screen with him. But as, as a young man, I, I mean, I watched TV not that much. I was really more of an outdoors guy, a basketball player. and I was spending my time doing that. I, I wasn't really interested in the uh, entertainment business at all. And uh, 
I, you know, I watched Happy Days. I loved that show when I was a kid. Uh, for the nostalgia factor, but, uh, it never, actually never entered my mind until I came to Los Angeles. When you were, when you were watching, uh, the last picture show or you were watching Happy Days, uh, in your mind, what would you be doing when you, when you got older? Were you thinking athletics as a profession or were you thinking, uh, or, or you're not thinking about anything in particular? Uh, did you have plans well, or, go ahead. Well, I was, uh, you know, I was constantly being told when I was a young man that I should be a mob. So I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I learned to work, uh, on camera with still cameras, uh, when I first started out in, uh, in Los Angeles. So, uh, that was what I was taking a crack at. Of course, I was waiting tables while I was doing that. So, uh, you know, modeling was, but I turned, it turned out I was too tall for that game. I'm about six, four, six, five. And, uh, you need to fit the clothes. They don't make the clothes to fit the model. So mm-hmm. really six, one or six, two is an optimum height. And, uh, so I, I ventured into acting. Let me, let me just remind folks if they're just tuning in or just turning on their radios a little late. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, a wonderful actor, uh, Robert Ray Schaefer and, uh, and or, uh, Bobby Ray Schaefer. I've seen it both and I've heard it both. And, uh, it Fra- is. yeah, it's both, right? You've, yeah. Yeah. Frank McKay here with, uh, with Bobby Ray Schaefer or Robert Ray Schaefer. You know his work from The Office and so much more. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, uh, Dick Dixter. Uh, I mean, it, boy, uh, at this point, uh, you know, I imagine everybody wants you, uh, you and anybody else that was in the office. They, uh, they, they want you guys um, for for everything they can get your hands on. I would, I would believe anyway. And uh, you just, you happen to be in in a key figure and a key character in one of the great ensemble shows of of all time. And it's it's unique because there wasn't really uh, you know like a star. I know Steve Carell or whatever, but it, it's more like a bunch of character actors uh, all getting together and just making magic. If you think about it, well, that was totally it. And uh, you know, we were saved. Uh, the show was saved by uh, the forty-year-old virgin when Steve had that big hit that summer. Because it, it had been the first season. Uh, the lowest-rated NBC show in history, and they were debating bringing it back. If at all. And so, what it's subsequently become is it's a much bigger hit now, uh, five years after it went off the air, than when we were making the show. It's phenomenal how uh, it's, it's gotten larger. I mean, uh, it's I think Netflix seven and a half percent of the Netflix audience is. Uh, is downloading it. Yeah. So, the next closest sitcom uh, is Friends at about three and a half percent of their audience. So, uh, it's a phenomenon, all right. Yeah, and Friends is making a fortune. I mean, a fortune on those platforms, and the office is bigger than it. It's fresher, it's newer, uh, to be fair. But, I mean, it's it's Friends and it's the office, or in, in the other way around, it's the office and it's Friends on those platforms. Those are the two top shows. And, oh yeah, no, that's it's stunning, really. Yeah, it, it is, and you know, to say something's bigger in 
uh, you know, once it hits syndication or whatever this is called now. I mean, this is something different than than even that. We're in virgin territory when it it, when it comes down to it. Uh, But, you know, shows like The Odd Couple didn't do well when when they were on. But in syndication, it was, uh, you know, I remember hearing uh, uh, Tony Randall talking an interview and he, and he said that Jack Klugman said, hey, don't worry, guys, when this goes into syndication, it's going to be a big, big deal. And it was. Uh, the Odd Couple was a you know, tremendous, I mean, you mentioned Happy Days before, and it's a Gary, another Gary Marshall show. And uh, and, and The Odd Couple was, was like that, and it, it was huge. But this, I mean, when when you were doing it in that first season, you know, here you are thinking, you know, this might might not last. Or when they were doing it, you know, everybody was doing it. They're thinking it might not last. At what point do you think, hey, we got something here? I mean, I know you you mentioned the forty year old virgin, but how big was the uh, uh, was was the jump or the bump from the forty year old virgin uh, as uh, as to before that? Well, I think in, in the second season, uh, when I first came onto the show, uh, episode 10 that year, uh, a great episode called Christmas Party. Yeah. And we, uh, the second day I was on the set, uh, we were picked up for the remainder of the season. So that was a big deal because now the, everyone has uh, job security for at least another six months, right? We're going we're gonna to make another 14 episodes of this. So I didn't come back to the very last episode of the season, which was Christina and I, uh, remains one of my favorite episodes. Me too, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's terrific. It's got it all. And uh, so at that point, uh, the cast had really started to interact on my face. This was in pre-Facebook. And um, we had this really devoted uh, fans following. And also the demographics of the show I mean, we were consistently at that point of coming in at about, oh, you know, 40th in the Nielsen rating, 40 to 50, with a fairly decent audience here. But what the network liked was the demographic. It was uh, number one in households of 100,000 plus income per year. Also, in 2006, we won the Emmy as best comedy. So mm-hmm. that cemented it. And I think we really hit our strides in three, four, and five uh, seasons, and um, you know, it, it made it what it is today. Uh, I think after season five, there was a uh, there was a turnover in the writing staff. Right, Greg Daniels and uh, Mike Sure were two of the lead writers and uh, producers, and they went on to make Parks and Rec. So we lost them. I mean, they were still Greg was still obviously overseeing the show, but it's not like he had. You know, every day he was. We're doing another series, so uh, your attention is naturally on the new thing. So, um, and then of course Steve left in season seven, and uh, what happened after that's debatable. But uh, you know, there was a. I'll just say this one thing about it: in season two, when we won the Emmy, Carol Burnett said that she wanted to be on the show, and and Greg said, "No, no, she." Far too famous. We can't have a famous personality like Carol Burnett on the show. I mean, it would ruin the authenticity of it. Well, when you get to season seven, here comes James Spader and Will Ferrell and Kathy yeah. Bates. <laughs> right. Everybody in the world wants to be on the show. And uh, hell, they all were. <laughs> so I think that, you know, that diluted. Once you start bringing in the movie stars to take cameos 
Timothy Timothy Olyphant did uh, an art. I mean, the, it changes the dynamic, and uh, so I think most of the hardcore fans always look back on you know, seasons two, three, four, five as, as really the, the heyday. Yeah, I would I would certainly agree with that. You're hearing the voice of Robert Ray Schaefer, Bobby Ray Schaefer, whatever you prefer, a wonderful actor, great character actor. And uh, and we're talking about uh, one of the things he's he's really known for and he'll be known for for the rest of his life, and that's The Office. And it just uh, it's one of those shows uh, like Seinfeld and, and, you know, you could throw friends in there. On the more serious, you know, side, uh, Sopranos and Breaking Bad have kind of hit, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the more dramatic um uh, legendary status, but uh, Office, uh, The Office is a huge, huge deal. Frank McKay here with Robert Schaefer. And uh, let me let me jump back a little bit to, you, you know, between getting to West Virginia, from West Virginia to uh, till L.A. And, and, you know, you went out there and you... Uh, and, you, and you're thinking of modeling, and, and uh, you mentioned you're too tall and everything. But from what what I know, and, and if I'm misremembering this, forgive me. But uh, you, your folks were blue collar, right? You didn't you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and you're from West Virginia, and your dad's a blue collar guy. Your mom's a housewife. Uh, what are they thinking when when you're taking off to to Hollywood? Are they are, are they nervous? Uh, do they think you should take a more traditional? No. What was their well, what was their I, approach? No, my, my I lost my father when I was six years old. Oh. And so uh, my mother and I were just not very close after she remarried. And uh, so I was really, when I was 18, I was on my own. And uh, I had to figure out a way <laughs> yeah. to make it in this world. You know, uh, I worked all kinds of crazy jobs. I was a wastewater treatment operator. I was a dump truck oh. driver. You know, I did... I sold shoes, I made pizzas, I did fast food, you know, I worked in factories uh, in Michigan, and, and so I, I was just bouncing around, really, looking for, uh, I think, something to put my uh, attention to, and I uh, I met an actress when I came to Los Angeles, and we became involved in a serious relationship, and that's when I first started to understand what the uh, craft and the technique of acting work. Uh, I went to the most, I went to the best teacher in Los Angeles. And when I say the best, I mean Sean Penn and Nick Cage and Meg Ryan were my classmates in the school that I went to to learn how to, to act. And uh, I mean, I could name drop for another hour with the students that were in there. So I was in this really competitive environment. She was a uh, method teacher from New York. She had come up with Lee Strasberg. Her name is Peggy Fury. And um, I learned how to do the thing. You know, it's the technique, it's the skill, it's the craft. And there's, I think what's happened is that cameras, everyone has cameras now. So they're constantly filming themselves and everyone else. And it's kind of devalued uh, the acting profession in some ways. But on the other hand, there's a huge world of difference between uh, Flava Flav and Anthony Hopkins, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I've always approached it. I just wanted to be the best actor I could be. I was never interested in fame. My girlfriend um, was very famous, and it was I 
and life change. I mean, it was a, it was a distraction. So uh, I think I approached it from the pure, from a pure heart. You know, I wasn't trying to be rich or famous. I was trying to be an actor. And I think that's uh, that's not missing a lot. You know, I run into young actors today, and I say, "Have you done any theater?" And they're like, "Oh hell no." <laughs> they're scared of it, you know, and, and being in the theater is the greatest experience an actor can have because you sustain the role for a full two hours. You have a start and a finish. In film and television, you do it in 10-second bursts, 30-second bursts, and then we reset it and we retake it. And, you know, there are two different disciplines, but the approach has to always be the same in the sense that you're building a character and you're being true to that, right? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you use as much of yourself as you can in that in that approach. But, uh, for instance, here's a character thing. Nick Nolte's a great actor. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what does Nick Nolte do when he's trying to find the role, find the character? The first thing he does is get the right shoes, okay? Mm. So that's a detail. And that's the kind of thing that actors do. What kind of shoes is this character going to wear? <laughs> wow. See, I, I... It's a bit like being a, it's being a detective. You're a detective, right? You're trying to find the truth of this. And it should always service the scene or the piece. So you, you can't play small roles and try to stand out in them. You just have to... You know, you're there to service the star. You're there to move things along. And so you, you learn that... Um, some roles are obviously uh, good challenges, you know. Yeah, it's fascinating when you say about uh, in Nick Nolte. Uh, the first thing he does is, uh, is is get a pair of shoes that the character would wear. I I wouldn't think of that as a lay person, as a non actor. You know, I I would never right. think of that. But it, it makes so much sense if you think about it. And uh, it, oh, it, it fits everything. Yeah, you got to be in them all day. So you, <laughs> I typically end up wearing my own, but. Uh, I don't like to break in, uh, you know, new shoes. Yeah, it's something you would never think. Well, I would never think of. Uh, let me remind folks once again: you're hearing the voice of Robert Ray Schaefer. Uh, you know his work from so many roles, but certainly The Office is something he'll never shake. And why would he want to? Um, a wonderful actor. Uh, just uh, and he's thank been... you. Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and say it for the listeners: it's Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's I, I mean people uh, people are never going to forget that. That's one of those things that they're just never going to forget. I mean it's uh uh I you know, it just it just wonderful. Another thing that hit me you you were talking about, you know, being in a relationship uh back then with somebody who was uh, who was a famous yeah. actress. Can you imagine nowadays with everyone with cameras on their on their phones and and video on their phone and uh and to sure. To be dating a, a famous actress when a, when you didn't want to be recognized and you didn't want to be known, forget it. it would have been torture to be around now uh, in a situation like sure. that. Yes or no? Oh yes. Oh, it's it's far worse now. I mean, everyone is a reporter now, right? So that's why I advise young actors be so careful about what you say and do. You know, because people are recording, and that's the way it is. Uh, do you like uh, where 
I, and and it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you would immediately say no, but I do like where the profession's going. I mean, there's 500 channels, and and uh, and I know you said that it kind of devalues uh, uh, the acting role, but I I do think people realize the difference between uh, you, you know the housewives of whatever show and what you do and what Nick Nolte does and uh, and things like that. But uh, do you like where the profession's going? Well, uh, again, I, I think the greats will always be the greats, right? I mean, there, there's no way to, to ever lose uh, talent and charisma, and that will always come through. Uh, there's a lot of pretenders, you know. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot more product that's going out into the marketplace, so it makes it harder to uh, to grab a hold of, you know, such a, a diverse marketplace, right? It's not like when there were three networks and you had <laughs> your choices were were limited, right? So uh, I, I I don't know. I think uh, Hollywood probably makes ten great movies a year out of the five hundred that we make, and uh, how many great TV shows are there? Four or five. So uh, I think uh, once you can get out of trying to make product for China, uh, for for one thing, especially in the in the Features film, uh, the big studio movies. You know, they're all making movies for China now because of uh, the audience there, the size of that. So, uh, great writers and great storytellers will always find a way. So that's what I that's what I look for. I like movies where uh, or television where I'm not watching the piece and thinking, okay, now we're going to cut to the stars close up. And the screenplay said this, you know, where I'm dissecting it as I watch it. Uh, that's just a habit that you get into from being in the business before. But I like movies that sweep me away, and I'm not thinking about technical things at all. Uh, or what's the director going to do next? What's his next angle? You know, so those are things that I uh, hopefully uh, don't. <laughs> yeah. The piece is so compelling that I'm not. Uh, swept into uh, technique. Frank McKay here with wonderful, a, a wonderful actor, uh, and he's done so much. But again, The Office is is what uh, what everyone's talking about. It's the hottest show on on Netflix and and everywhere else. Uh, it, it's on uh, several channels. And, uh, uh, it is it's bigger now than it was when it was on. And Robert Ray Schaefer is our very special guest. Frank McKay here with Robert, and we'll be back after this. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. Welcome back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with wonderful, a wonderful actor, uh, and he's done so much. But again, The Office is is what uh, what everyone's talking about. It's the hottest show on on Netflix and and everywhere else. Uh, it, it's on uh, several channels and. Uh, uh, it is it's bigger now than it was when it was on, and Robert Ray Schaefer is our very special guest. Frank McKay here with Robert, and uh, or Bobby Ray Schaefer, if uh, if if you guys prefer. But uh, Robert, going back to uh, you know some of uh, some of what you were saying here, uh, the the method, right, or you know the Stella Adler, and, and yeah. you mentioned Peggy Fury. Uh, is it uh, is it popular now with young? actors actresses 
uh, is there a movement to get back to uh, to method acting, or has it never gone away? Um, what's what's it's going on with away. the method? It, it'll never go away because it's the it's the correct way to do it. Uh, Christian Bale, method actor, incredible. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty much committed to the cause. You know, he's when he get down to 126 pounds, he started himself. I mean, so he's into it, uh, and and it's an organic approach, right? Uh, that it's it's the same thing as being a golfer. What does a great golfer have? He has a repeating swing. He's able to repeat the swing under pressure, and that's what you have to do in acting. You have to create the emotion under pressure. So you need this technique. You need to have this coming from a place that's real. And like I said, organic, although I, that's the word I try to avoid. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's how it works. That's, that's, the, you know, that's what the great ones did. And that's what Brando did. That's what Olivier did. You know, the great. That's, even in his own way, Gary Cooper, that's what he did. So uh, you, you need to be able to repeat the swing. Do, do you remember the first time... Uh, as a professional actor that that you felt uh legitimized or and again I, I you already stated that you were you were going after something different you weren't you know trying to be rich you weren't trying to be famous you were trying to be a good actor be a you know be the best actor you could be do you know when that came for you what was the when was the absolutely. moment absolutely absolutely uh 1989 i uh I booked the lead in a film series called Psycho Cop. Oh, yeah. And so I ended up, I signed a five-picture deal. I thought I was going to be the next Freddy Krueger. Unfortunately, the distributors uh, ended up bearing the teeth, and we only made two of them. But they're cult classics, and it was really gratifying on the 25th anniversary of the second one uh, last year to have it released uh, on Blu-ray and to have a lot of critical acclaim for it because we knew we were making a good movie then and it just never, you know, got buried. So uh, at that audition uh, for that for the lead in that uh, film and uh, the director, we were doing a theater piece by Sam Shepard called True West, which I had been studying in class. And I had just seen John Malkovich and Gary Sinise do the piece on uh, PBS. So I knew this thing cold. <laughs> I mean, I had a gown, and I was pretending like I didn't really know what it was, you know. And uh, he, he, but the director said, "Are you familiar with it?" I said, oh, "A little bit," but I was, I was off the page. I didn't have to look at the page for one single word. I already knew it, and so that was uh, a big step up in where the training came to bear. Uh, and so that was a big deal for me because it was a one point two million dollar contract. And I thought, I have made it. <laughs> I'm the next big deal. And at that time, I I got an offer to be in Back to the Future 2. And the cast of that's a big deal, Back to the Future 2, right? Robert Zemeckis and Spielberg. And, uh, the casting director was absolutely startled because we turned it down. You know, we're going to go make this little independent film for Psycho Cop. <laughs> and she, she said uh, to my agent at the time, are you crazy? You're turning down Robert Zemeckis to make a film called Psycho Cop. And we said, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So, uh, you know, those are, those are those little forks in the road <laughs> that sometimes you get. <laughs> 
for instance, I told you about Timothy Bottoms earlier. Yeah. He turned down a little film called Jaws. Oh, man. Well, well, who would he have played? Dreyfus's role? Richard Dreyfus's? The Dreyfus role, of course. The, the reason was, was that his quote at the time, he was the highest paid young, he was the Tom Cruise in that era, right? No doubt. Uh, he, uh, his quote was $100,000 in the movie. And for uh, Jaws, the offer was forty grand, And his agent said, no way are we taking a 60% pay cut. So they advised him as well. You know, we're not going to do this Jaws movie. This is, uh, you know, who knows what this thing's going to be. It's shocking. <laughs> you know, Jaws is groundbreaking, right? I remember going to see it in a theater in Annapolis, Maryland when I was uh, 16 years old. And, uh, but still, that's the big one that got away. Because all actors have stories about ones that got away, right? Yeah. And uh, that's the big one right there. Say no to Jaws. Wow. Just uh, let me uh, again remind everyone Robert Ray Schaefer or Bobby Ray Schaefer is our very special guest. And you know his work from uh, Psycho Cop movies. And, and, and I could have been saying Back to the Future here, but he turned it down for Psycho Cop. And, and, uh, <laughs> I didn't and, and the And the office. Well, listen, it's, I, you know, don't, don't worry too much because 99.9% of the actors out there in, in the world would, would love to change places with you right now. You've put together an incredible That's career. True. Robert Ray Schaefer here with me, Frank McKay. And, and let, me, let me ask you this. When you were... When when you were uh, breaking in and and you were going for these auditions and it was starting to click and you uh, you were studying with Peggy Fury who's legendary by the way uh, uh, you know uh, talking about a uh, a big name there uh, were you thinking of yourself and, and you mentioned Nick Nolte and he's a big guy you're six four right I, were you thinking of yourself in the same mold or the, in the same mode. As uh, as anybody in particular, were you thinking, hey, maybe they're going to think I'm the next this one, or they're going to think I'm the next that one? And as an actor, are you, are you trained to think that way? Well, let me just tell you, a lot of people always thought I was John Wayne. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but I, uh, no, I, I just admired the tough guys, right? American tough guys. I, I'm a huge self-rock fan. Gary Cooper fan, Lee Marvin I love, John Wayne, Robert Mitchum. Those were the guys I was watching because I lived right across the street from a VHS <laughs> rental in, in Hollywood, Rocket Video on Melrose. And I would rent a movie every day. And I, you know, I really immersed myself into these guys. And so that's obviously I was figuring myself as a tough guy. So that's, you know, that's the stuff that I was going after. But uh, you know, I, I, have to, I played some romantic leads. I, I did a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, and I always just, uh, I don't think you see yourself as other people, you know. Uh, I always got a lot of, you're, you're like Michael Caine, you're like Jack Nicholson, you're like this, you're like Mitchum, you're, you remind me of this guy, Orson Welles, you remind me of Orson Welles. So you take as, I just learned to take that as a as compliment, you know, that, People see that in your work. Uh, I think when you're a, a big American guy, you should be a, a, a you know true to your true uh, to your roots. And where I come from in West Virginia, we're, we're pretty tough. Yeah. I, do you think uh, growing up in in West Virginia, 
uh, was one of the reasons you were attracted to the last picture show. You know, I mean, that was that was Texas, but I mean, it's small town and and you know, Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah, Bogdanovich really captured that kind of feel. Oh yeah, it's a, I mean, it's amazing how many people have not seen that film. It's just such an eternal piece of cinema. Oh, it's incredible! It'll, incredible. A hundred years from now, it'll still be great. You know, it's it's not a it's not a film that. I mean, it's rooted in its time and place, right? There's three elements to drama, character, time, and place. And so it captures those, I mean, in stage. And uh, I just, I think it was a coming-of-age thing more than anything uh, for me at that time, you know. Yeah. We all wanted to date Sybil Shepherd. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Well, no doubt. And she had a nude scene in there. So did everybody in that movie, by the way. Right. <laughs> all, of them were, all of them were dating her. So uh, it was a it was a heck of a location down there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> not Bottoms had some great stories about it. He he made a documentary about it, uh, a follow up to the the sequel that they made. Yeah, I, I remember Timothy Bottoms, and uh, I think it was a small town in Texas was the name of the. Uh, uh, is that the name of the movie he was in that? Um, I, I oh he was he was terrific in so many th- different things, Timothy. But you Johnny were, got his done. Johnny well, got his gun. Yeah, oh, that was terrific, too. Yeah. Room 222. I mean, he was right up at the top. Yeah, big deal. No question about it. What about Bogdanovich? Did you ever work with him? No. No, I never met him, but I, I always admired him. I mean, just a last picture show, and he was a huge Orson Welles guy, and so am I. So, uh, you know, the fact that he was kind of championing uh, Orson Welles when Hollywood had turned on Orson Welles as they always, you know, like to turn on their own at some point. <laughs> what is up with that? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Orson Welles was a genius. I mean, he was a, a Wunderkind kid when he was, what was he, he was 23 when he made the... Uh, Kane. Uh, yeah, I mean, he made this Kane when he was 23. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> A lot of pressure yeah, too, you know. What do you what do you do as a follow up? You know, you're 23 well, years old. Well, the magnificent Andersons, which is right. just nearly as good. The third right? man. I mean, some of the shots. Yeah, third man. I mean, and I always loved him as an actor. You know, I mean, I've written. I'm a writer as well, so I've written many roles where I've had him in mind. I love Touching the Evil with Charlton Heston, where he plays Hank, and he's uh, <laughs> he's just a dirty drunk, you know, yeah. corrupt. Cop, border town cop, and you know, uh, Marlena Dieter tells him in that, your, your future's all used up, man. <laughs> so. That's right. You, you know, it's it's funny, and you referenced John Wayne before, and I was thinking right before you said that about Charlton Heston, uh, I was thinking about Red River and, and John Wayne's performance in Red River, if you remember it. It was, uh, yeah. On I, the cliff. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, Montgomery Cliff was uh, was was terrific as, as his adopted yeah. son. Kind of, he took him under his wing, yeah. and and John Wayne just went nuts. But to me, uh, that was my favorite role. That I, and I love John Wayne, but I loved him in that because oh, yeah. he was dark and it was nasty, and he was uh, he just wow. He couldn't have played it. I, I I can't imagine anybody else playing that. And uh, it's, no, no. You could say that. You know, he made 175 movies. He only died in them twice. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I did a I did a lot of research on him uh, a few years ago. We were trying to get a pilot off the ground where I was going to play a guy who thinks that he's John Wayne. Uh, it was called uh, it was a pilot. It was called Almost the Dude, 
And so I read a lot of books and watched a lot. And I really immersed myself into him. And uh, he, he was really a true life hero. Uh, you know, the Russians sent spies to, to get him. They tried to kill him in Vietnam. They had a bounty on his head. So they were, they were snipers. The, the value, his, they, the communists wanted to kill him because he was a symbol of America. Yeah. And uh, so there's some really wild stories, you know, because he was a patriot through and through. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's fascinating to get the inside uh, inside dope on on movies that were uh, that were being attempted to be made. And, you know, we hear them, you know, lay people hear them and say, wow, how could they not have made that? That sounds like a terrific uh, thing there. But uh, Robert Ray Schaefer, once again, is our very special guest. And, you know, his work from Psycho Cop and. Uh, uh, almost back to the future too, uh, but not not quite. Uh, uh, but but the office, and I'll tell you what, you've seen him in so many different things. Uh, just a, a a big time actor, and he's he made it made it big in the, in a, a business as a uh, as a guy with uh, you know you you really had no um, uh, you know pedigree. For it, you had no, uh, yeah. it, it, you had drive, you had desire, you uh, obviously a work ethic, and, and you had. You well, know, I was persistent. I wouldn't gumption. quit. They couldn't yeah. make me quit, right? So the first, that's the true test. I mean, when you see all the people that you started out with and how many of them are left, well, you know, it's an attrition rate. So uh, it was just stubbornness, really. <laughs> more than anything. He's like, I know I'm good at this and I'm going to break through. And so The Office was a big breakthrough for me because I've done 50 movies now in my career, uh, which is not that many, but I mean, it's still something for kids from West Virginia that never had, uh, as you say, a leg up. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't the know Office, I, I mean, it, The Office put, validated everyone. So, now when people come up to me and they recognize me, you know, uh, they don't know what from, but they know I'm an actor, right? Uh, but now that's over with, right? You can just say, uh, the office. <laughs> and so you, you're done. You know, you don't have to do any more explaining. Uh, yeah. Wait, didn't I see you? Yeah, it was that Kenny Rogers commercial for Geico, that, you know, which, by the way, was a great commercial that I did. I had to spend the day with Kenny Rogers. Come on. I mean, oh, that's, no kidding. Oh, that was you. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, kid. yeah. We were playing cards with Kenny, and he sings The Gambler. So, I mean, I love that song, first yeah. of all. I love Kenny Rogers. And uh, it was just great to talk to him. He, you're, you know, you get to hang with Kenny Rogers. That's a treat. That's uh, that's one of the perks. Yeah. So, I'm always, always thrilled to, to meet the legend. But he's a legend. I mean... They don't get any bigger than Kenny Rogers. No, definitely, and and in so many ways too. I mean, he's he's put together some career. He's done business it all. Yeah. He's done it all. He's done it all. For I, forty years, he did it. Right. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, looking looking back, I, I mean, even take the office out of it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you got to be proud of what you've done. I mean, it's uh, it's such a small percentage of people who who get there and who do this. But you throw the office in there, and it's like a it's the I, I don't want to say it's the crowning achievement, but it's it's the no, it's the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, that's what, what it is. is. You never have to explain. Well, well, yeah, I was in the office. It's, I was in Seinfeld. I was in Breaking Bad. I was in The Soprano. You know, I, I mean, you never have sure. to. 
you you never have to explain. Like Psycho Cop is yep. uh, is is cult favorite, and and people get it, and people enjoy it, and and all that. But still, you got to explain to certain people, you know uh, that. But yeah, sure. You don't yeah, have to right. explain the the office to anyone. Uh, listen, we got a couple more moments with uh, Robert Ray Schaefer, okay. uh, terrific actor. Thrilled to have him, and he's just put to get, put together an amazing career. Um, what's there left to do? What What would you like to do? Uh, anything out of the ordinary? I mean, you, you, you're going to do Shakespeare. You're going to do. Uh, I, I mean, what's what's on the bucket list if there is a bucket list? Well. Uh... I just do, uh, had a movie come out that I wrote, produced, starred in, edited, cast. It's called Dick Dixter. So that's really kind of my uh, crowning achievement. Yeah. I mean, the office propelled me to make this mockumentary, and I was able to put together everything, uh, the, the cast, I mean, everything about it. So it's my movie from start to finish. It's, a, it's about a drunk Hollywood director who's guilty of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so... Look for, uh, look, look for Dick Dixter uh, playing now uh, on Amazon Prime and Redbox and all the places, uh, the usual streaming subjects. And it just came out on DVD. So I'm really pushing that. Uh, I just did a, a really fun movie with Zach Galifianakis, uh, who you know from the Hangover yeah, movies, sure. right? We made a movie called Between Two Ferns, the movie. So I got to play his dad in the picture. And it was really a thrill to work with him because he's really at the top of the improv acting game. Yeah, no doubt. He's one of the funniest guys out there. And so, again, you want to hold your ground. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the great thing that happened for me on that picture was we, we shot some stuff and with the family. And then they came back and wrote in some additional scenes for me and him. So, for me, that was a, a big get. You know, I was, I was pretty pleased with that. And uh, as for what's next, who knows? <laughs> oh, listen, you never know. Oh, listen! Congratulations on all the success, uh, Dick Dixter. Everyone, Thank you. yeah, everyone, go get that. Get the DVD. Watch this. Don't illegally download the damn thing. Buy the damn thing. And uh, and please, get, yeah, please, uh, Dick Dixter. Uh, Dick Dixter. Yeah. Dick Dixter. Every every everything that you can imagine doing, this man did it. Robert Ray Schaefer. Uh, Robert again. Thank you very much for being here. And again, congratulations on all the success. Hey, Frank, you do a good interview. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you very much. And and to everyone, get Dick Dixter. Uh, you know Robert Ray Schaefer, uh, his work from Psycho Cop and, uh, and The Office and everything else. But Dick Dixter is something uh, he, he's taken pride in. Um, he wrote, directed, starred in it. Uh, get it. It's uh, mockumentary style. Uh, you'll love it. Everyone get it, and it's getting rave reviews everywhere you go. Robert Ray Schaefer has been our very special guest, everyone. We'll see you all next time on Breaking Down. 